Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry once again bringing you the Word of God. Again, we're so grateful that you're connecting with us. It's an honor and a privilege to bring you the Word. Once again, we're going to jump right back into 2 Corinthians chapter 11, please. And at verse 3, we've been kind of working uh, in our midweeks, been kind of working through this, talking about the simplicity of Christ and, and really not allowing the enemy to come in and complicate things, muddy the water, so to speak not allowing the enemy to come in there and, and basically get you off, steer you off course of the simplicity that's in Christ. Amen. Verse 3 says this, But I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Now, obviously, you know, we're talking about in the, uh, chapter 3 of Genesis, it's talking about this, what happened there with Eve and how the enemy deceived her. And, uh, but the word is trying to bring out and bring it real clear how the enemy just manipulated her, deceived her, got her to, uh, you know, basically hook, line, and sinker, uh, took the bait, and next thing you know, she's, uh, you know, we got us a problem, all right? And so he's just trying to say the same thing can happen to you and me. That's kind of how the enemy works. So let's take a look a little bit at this, define this again. The word says that he deceived Eve. That word deception there, or deceived, means to seduce wholly or as a whole, to seduce, to beguile, to attract with bait, or to manipulate, okay? And that's exactly what he did, okay? He manipulated her, all right? And it said, by his craftiness, which is kind of a key word through this series. Uh, it means to trickery or cunningly, subtility, which just means a deceptive reasoning or hair splitting. And that's kind of what happened Actually, exactly what happened to her, but kind of what happens to you and me, how the enemy talks us out of things that are simple and just basic doctrines, basic simple uh, principles, is through, uh, you know, just deceptive reasoning. Somehow hair splitting. He tries to get you off on a tangent. Next thing you know, uh, you know, you're off, you're off the road, you know, and now you're in the ditch. And so anyway, he says, uh, by his crafting, he says, so your minds... Uh, the word their mind, let's go ahead and talk about that briefly. Um, the word here is not really talking about intellectual, intellectual or that kind of a thing, but more in the sense of a perception, uh, a mindset, okay? So he's trying to get you off as far as your perception, your mindset. And it says, uh, so your minds may be corrupted. That word corrupted means spoiled, defiled, ruined, tainted, which is a kind of a good word there, polluted, blemished, but it literally means to complicate, okay? So he's tainting or complicating that which is simple, okay? And the word simplicity means singleness in the sense of being uh, more focused, not all over the map, but you're more locked onto one, one thing. You're kind of single about something. It also means sincerity in the sense of no pretending, no facade, nothing hidden, okay, stuff that's real, okay? And then also it means uh, liberality in the sense of all in or fully vested, fully invested, whatever. So that's kind of what those words mean when we're talking about the simplicity that's in Christ, okay? Now what we've done over the last, you know, whatever it's been now, six weeks, seven weeks, I'm not sure you know, how long it's been now. But the bottom line is, uh, you know, we're talking about just some basic simple things that sometimes the enemy likes to come in there and just try to get you knocked off it through some simple uh, manipulative, uh, re deceptive reasoning, uh, through hair splitting, try to get you off on a tangent, and then pretty soon you know you're, you're no longer uh, you know, going down the road you should be going down. You get your perception off, next thing you know your choices, your decision making gets off, 
And that's exactly what the enemy wants, all right? And, of course, what happened to Eve, she took it hook, line, and sinker, and uh, it created a problem. Her and Eve, or, uh, Eve and Adam both uh, fell into that. And so next thing you know, uh, we got us a problem. And, of course, we know the, the story there. But the word's making it clear that in this text especially, that even though we're saved, you know, he's talking to the church here. He's talking to people like you and me, people who know Christ. But he's saying that how, the enemy can still get in there and manipulate, can still get in there and somehow get you off on a tangent, somehow get you off of what's real, what's true, amen, and that's how he works. And so today, we're going to go to the book of Colossians, chapter 3, please. Colossians, chapter 3. Oh, hallelujah. Colossians, chapter 3. <clears throat> and uh, I'm going to go to verse 12. And it just says this, Therefore, so this is chapter 3, verse 12 of Colossians. Therefore, as the elect of God, and that's talking about you and me, the chosen ones, all right? Holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, put on kindness and humility, meekness, long-suffering. But verse 13, he says, bearing with one another, okay? Being willing to, uh, to be supportive, uh, hooking up and holding up, kind of helping someone. Bearing with one another, and here we go, and forgiving one another, which is our key statement here. Forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, you also must do. And, of course, then it goes on putting on uh, love, the bond of perfection. And uh, this the bottom line. Is we're, today we're going to talk about uh, being quick to forgive and just the simplicity around that about being forgiving, all right? Uh, it's not always an easy thing, but it is a simple thing. And that's, again, kind of like everything else we've been talking about over these last several weeks. Uh, it may not always be easy, but it is simple. It's a simple truth, and we want to look at that today. Um, the thing I want to say about this, just in context of this, is that uh, there is really no forgiveness without love, and there really is no love without forgiveness. And, you know, if you're going to walk in love with anybody, uh, there's obviously got to be uh, forgiveness somewhere along the line, because there's always going to be something that happens that, um, we don't care for or something that happens that brings hurt or brings pain or maybe brings dis disappointment or some kind of a thing, uh, it happens because people are people. And so uh, in relationships, once in a while, these things happen. And so we're just trying to bring out that if we're going to walk in relationship, we're going to walk in love, uh, once in a while, forgiveness is going to have to be in the mix. And so today we're going to talk about that. Uh, Ephesians 4 and verse 32 kind of brings forth the same thing, says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Now, a couple things I'll bring out. First off, the word forgiven, what it means. It means literally to send forth, to lay aside, to leave or let alone, uh, to let be or let go. It means literally to put away or to send away or to yield up. Now, bottom line, what it is, is literally letting go of something being willing to, to push it aside, being willing to let it go, be willing to get rid of it, be willing to yield it up to God, okay? And uh, that's what it means to forgive, all right? Uh, you notice even in the text that we did prior to this, he says if you have a complaint, uh, you know, uh, it happens. There are things that happen that are true, legitimate uh, complaints, things that go on, and we're not denying that. We're not saying when you're letting something go uh, that you're, you know, you're excusing something in the past or something that happened. That's not what we're saying. 
what we're just trying to do is, is let it be known that somebody that's willing to forgive, uh, it is obviously a, 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 really a sense of strength, a sense of courage, um, and, and, and you know, you're, you're not denying the existence of something that happened. But what you're willing to do is to let go, even though it wasn't a good thing, all right? And I'm going to get on some of that here before we're over with, all right? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's uh, do this. Let's do um, the end of that verse of, well, actually, the end of both those references. It says that forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So let's maybe take a look at that first, okay? First off, um, and I think most everybody I'm talking to, those who are listening, those watching, you understand this, um, you know, that God forgave us. Praise the Lord for that. But let's just take a look at it, all right? So with that said, Ephesians, so let's, again, in Ephesians, and this time chapter 1, and verse 7, it just says this, that in Him, or in Christ, it's what it's talking about in context, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of His grace, okay? So we have redemption through His blood because of the price He paid, right? Uh, we have forgiveness of sins, okay? So we've been forgiven based on something Christ has done. Now, even though we were guilty, all right, He forgave us, okay? Keep that in mind. Chapter 2 of Ephesians, it also verse 1 here says the same thing, that He who made, uh, He uh, probably, and you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sin. You he made alive, okay, all right, brought life to us, who were dead in trespasses and sin. Of course, it's talking about our own trespasses, our own sin, okay. And so he's just saying that because of what he did, once again, just another way of saying it, because of what he did, hallelujah, we have redemption, amen, we have forgiveness of sin, all right, based on what he did, praise God. In other words, He forgave us, praise God. He forgave us, amen. Now, how many know He's still forgiven us? Okay, First uh, John, I'm just laying a little groundwork here, child of God. First John 1, <clears throat> kind of one of them great promises we have in the Word. It just says this, verse 9, John 1, 9, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, the point I'm trying to make is he's still forgiving, okay? So it ain't just that everything from the time you got saved back, we've been forgiven. You have to understand that he still forgives, all right? And so that when you're talking about forgiving another, even as Christ forgave us, <clears throat> understand that that's still an ongoing thing. He's forgiven us for not only the sin that we've done, but the price was paid for all the sin that we may commit from this moment on. All right, not that we're encouraging sin, not that we're giving anybody a license to sin, not that we're somehow overlooking sin <clears throat> or somehow, uh, you know, giving somebody, you know, just, you know, you know putting, uh, telling them that it's okay to keep doing it. That's not what we're saying, okay? What we're saying is that a price was paid for you. And it's pretty liberating when you know that what he has done, amen, is not only past tense forgave us, but also is forgiving us for things in the future, all right? So that's why it's faithful. I mean, that's why it's, it's important for you and me to, you know, ask for forgiveness, amen, to repent, to ask for forgiveness. And the Word says He is faithful and just to forgive us, praise God. They're just good things to know, 
So not only are we forgiven based on things of yesterday and yesteryear, but also we can walk forgiven every day of our life, amen, based on what Christ has done. Now, you have to lay that groundwork, okay, because we're called to forgive others even as he's forgiven us. Now, <clears throat> forgiveness, maybe I could say it this way, forgiveness in a sense is just another way of saying freedom and liberty, okay, because of that forgiveness, you can continue to walk free, continue to walk in liberty, all right? Now, hang on to that, okay, because it's necessary to know the power of forgiveness and why it's so important to be quick to forgive when something has happened, all right? Understand how quick Christ is to forgive us, all right? Now, with that said, let's go to Luke chapter 17, please. I'm kind of cruising through some of this, but just trying to make my point here. Luke 17, please. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Luke 17, and I'm going to go to verse 3 and 4. It just says this, <clears throat> verse 3, it says, Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him, all right? Now, the point we're just trying to make is, you know, sometimes somebody might say, well, how often do we forgive people, or is it important for us to always forgive somebody? Well, the answer is yes, all right? And the, uh, also, the answer is as many times as you need to, all right? Uh, forgiveness, like I said, is really a sign of, of, of courage in a lot of ways, a sign of, uh, you know, of strength. You know, it's, uh, it's to be, in a sense, uh, be strong in Christ, regardless of what somebody else has done. Now, here it, it says that if somebody's done you wrong, it doesn't say that you, you don't have the right to say something, say, hey, you've done me wrong. You do have that right. In some ways, you have a, a right to say, you know what, <clears throat> I, I don't need to stand for this. This isn't what I'm, does, you know, I don't have to sit here and be, uh, you know, your footstool, or I don't have to sit here and take abuse from you or something. That's not, see, there's a time sometimes to speak up. There's a time to say, you know what, you did hurt my, my feelings, or what you did, um, you know, brought, uh, brought discouragement to me all right, or whatever. There's nothing wrong with that. But you have to understand that if that individual says, you know what, you're right, I, I was wrong, I shouldn't have done that, and uh, you need to let him go, let it go, forgive. <clears throat> and I'm even going to, you know, bring to your attention that, uh, you know, sometimes even those that don't uh, repent, um, you still have to find it in yourself to let it go. Forgiveness, uh, as I said earlier, brings freedom, brings liberty. But you have to understand freedom also sets uh, the captive free, okay? Now, sometimes the captive is ourselves, okay? So it's always good to let go, let somebody else free, okay? But the bottom line is, what if they don't want to? What if they don't, <clears throat> what if they don't even know what they've done wrong? What if they don't agree to the fact that they've done anything wrong? What if... What if uh, they just kind of went on with their life, and here you are now stuck with all the aftermath of something that happened or something was said or done? What do you do with that? Well, if you hang on to that, the problem is it puts you in chains. It puts you in shackles. And I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but 
The bottom line is you have to recognize the power of forgiveness isn't just to set another individual free, but also to set ourselves free. All right. Now, as I said earlier, and I'm going to say it again, that forgiveness doesn't necessarily change the past. It's not necessarily changing what somebody has done or what somebody did, you know, or said or whatever. Uh, but what it can do is it can at least set you free concerning your future. All right. It may not change the past, but it can at least, you know, enlarge your future, at least give you an opportunity down the road. If we don't let it go, all it does is put you in chains and shackles. And again, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but I'm just showing you today the importance of forgiveness. All right. Another reference, Matthew 18. Let's look at it now. Uh, remember, these are all things that Jesus is saying. Matthew 18. <clears throat> and verse 15, please. Or at least we'll bring that in and look at that. Verse 15 says this. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. And if he, if he hears you, then it says that you've gained a brother. So it's kind of saying the same thing, that if, if they receive what you said and they acknowledge it, then praise the Lord, okay? Then that relationship can be restored. But it goes on down here. If you kind of jump down here a ways, because, you know, when everything that was said, you know, now all of a sudden Peter, you know, he's kind of like, uh, you know, uh, what about this? What about that? Well, anyway, in verse uh, 21, Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my, uh, shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Now, <clears throat> you know, that was obviously mentioned earlier when we looking at the account there in Luke, but, you know, Jesus brought that out. But now, he's not really just saying that the guy only has got seven chances, okay? The, the word number seven actually in, uh, is really a, a, a symbolic of completeness, Okay, it's kind of what the number really represents is, is whole, completeness or as a whole, all right? Uh, so what it's saying is that, you know, somebody may be pretty good at blowing it and messing up. And, uh, you know, and Peter thinks he's, you know, you know, kind of saying a good thing by saying, you know, if he messes up seven times, you know, am I just required then the seven times and that's a good thing? And, well, that probably isn't all bad. But Jesus said this, he said, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. So he's trying to make a point here. <clears throat> now you add that up, or you multiply that, you got 490 times. So does that mean that we sit around and wait, and after the 490th time somebody did us wrong, that we, now we're released, we don't have to forgive anymore? Jesus is just trying to make the point. He's saying, listen, we always walk in forgiveness. You've got to settle it, that you're going to walk free from ought, free from, you know, uh, this unforgiveness, you got to walk free from that. you got to walk in a place of forgiveness, okay? It's to your own benefit, praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to say this. Forgiveness doesn't necessarily spell weakness. It spells strength, okay? Somebody might say, well, if I keep forgiving, I'm just being weak. No, you're actually being strong, okay? But what happens, see, is it begins to set up your future. And that's really what I want to get on today, <clears throat> is getting yourself free from anything from yesterday or yesteryear so that you can live the life you're called to live. We are not shackled down based on unforgiveness or ought, okay? Having some form of, you know, uh, that ought in your heart that holds you captive, all right? You've got to walk free from that mess, all right? 
The scripture brings out real clear that forgiveness is, is kind of like a catalyst that uh, creates an atmosphere in your life or maybe uh, creates an opportunity in your life for God to move. All right. With that said, let's go to Matthew. Uh, we're in Matthew, but to go back up here to chapter 6. I want to show you this. Matthew 6, please. Now, in context, Jesus is talking about prayer. He was asked how, you know, how do we pray, and he's kind of explaining some, uh, some particulars about it, some components of prayer, and just some <coughs> principles about prayer. The model prayer is in here. But after he got done talking about it, in verse 14 and 15 of Matthew 6, he says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. Now, when you read that face value, just you know, right off the bat, you just kind of assume that maybe God is up, you know, is in heaven holding back because you've got unforgiveness. Now, he's holding back for forgiving you, but, which is not true because some of the verses we read, obviously, he still forgives. But the point is being made is that if we refuse to walk in forgiveness, all we do is limit the hand of God. Now, all of a sudden, you know, we've tied the hands of God, so to speak, from moving on our behalf. Now, remember, in context, he's talking about prayer. Okay, and even in this model prayer, he says, you know, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who, you know, debt our debtors. In other words, forgive those who trespass against us. Amen. So forgive me my trespass as I forgive others who trespass against me. Okay, even, that's even part of your, the model prayer. But he brings out right after that prayer then stressing the fact of releasing people, forgiving, walk in forgiveness, okay, because it muddies the water. It, it complicates things, okay. All of a sudden, it ties the hand of God. Let's look at another. Uh, let's go to uh, Mark 11, okay. Again, another reference of this. We kind of feel, I always feel like you've got to have more than one reference on this. Glory to God. Mark 11, 25 and 26 says this, and whenever you stand praying. Now, again, in context, in Mark 11, he's talking again about, about prayer, okay? He's talking about speaking unto that mountain and telling that mountain to be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, you know? And he's talking about, you know, uh, going to God and praying and taking a stand and not, not doubting in your heart, but believing that the things that you say, the things that you pray, amen, come to pass, amen. Then he says, when you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. That your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. Now, there's obviously the, the principle of sowing and reaping here. There's obviously it fits into this thing. But the bottom line is what's really going on is the fact that God is now limited or bound in a sense to do something on your behalf. You're sitting here praying for something to happen. You're sitting there taking a stand for something to change. And he's saying, listen, unforgiveness will muddy the waters. Unforgiveness messes it all up. All right? So he's trying to bring out here, amen, that you gotta, you got to release people because if you're looking for something to change, something to happen, or looking for a breakthrough, looking for a miracle, looking for an answer to a prayer, 
He says that this is the kind of thing that will mess it up. Let me show you another reference. John 20, again, Jesus talking. John 20, and this, of course, is actually after the resurrection, before he ascended. He said this in John 20 and verse 23. He says, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. But if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now, let's look at this in the light of what we've been talking about. The word retain in itself means uh, literally to use strength, but it means to seize something or to retain something, to hold fast, to hang on to it, keep, hold, uh, take with you, uh, means uh, to hold by. In other words, you're not willing to let go of it. Okay, So you're retaining something, but it even, it even says to use strength, to use one's strength. So what it's talking about is, I mean, you... You know, it's, it's your choice. What he's trying to say is whether you're going to release somebody or whether you're going to hold on to something. That's your choice. Now, again, I'm going to say this. It doesn't make it easy, but it is a simple principle. And I think it'd be worthy of me of bringing something out here, and that is, again, the Lord is not denying the fact that something bad has happened to you or somebody did you wrong, okay, and I know sometimes when we get on these kind of subjects, sometimes it can hit a nerve. And sometimes, you know, the first thing that comes up at all the things that people have done, and hopefully you're not shutting, shutting this off or, you know, ignoring what we're saying here because there's a powerful principle in this. But I'm just letting it be known that regardless of what's been done, somewhere along the line we've got to find it in ourselves to choose the higher road, to do the thing... Uh, you know, that the Lord has asked of us, that even as you've been forgiven, be willing to forgive others. You know, some of us have done some really nasty things <clears throat> over the years. Now, not everybody's had a hard life or a cruel life or maybe done a lot of bad, but some of us have done some things that we're not proud of or done things that, you know, we, we don't even like to talk about uh, because it can be embarrassing or somehow bring shame or something, and I, it's not good to open that up and do, but uh, understand this, that some of us have been forgiven of some, some big things. And I've, you know, we still have to recognize all of us have been forgiven of something, or many things, I should probably say. Some of us may be a little more harsh than others could be, but the bottom line is we've been forgiven. Somehow the blood of the Lamb was enough Amen. Well, the price that was paid was enough to redeem us and to forgive us of the sins that we've committed. And as I brought out earlier, amen, even things ahead. But understand, he says, forgive others as you've been forgiven. Be willing to do the same thing for another. Now, the thing I'm trying to bring out here uh, in this text and why it's so important to forgive is it's not just that it's setting the individual that you've prayed or that you've forgiven, not just that you're letting them loose or letting them free. You have to understand it's probably even more important about letting you free. You know, you think about forgiveness is about letting a prisoner free, but finding out that you're the prisoner. Years ago, I heard somebody make the statement. They said, you know, unforgiveness... It's like you drinking poison, taking poison, thinking you're going to do the other person harm. 
Or somehow that other person's going to die because you're the one taking the poison. And that's not how, that's, you know, all you're doing is hurting yourself. That's what unforgiveness is all about. In fact, um, uh, one of the words that, that comes up a lot in Scripture is the word offended. And Jesus said to, you know, to steer clear of offense, to try and not let yourself get offended. But he also said that to think that offenses won't come would be really, you know, you can't, you're deceived if you think that you're not going to have opportunity of being offended. He said offenses are going to come. But the point is, try to keep yourself free from offense. Now, the reason I think that's a good word to bring up, I'm not necessarily going to go there and study on it and teach on it today, but I'm just going to bring this out. The word offense, scandalizo, okay, uh, where, where it basically just means a trap. It means to be tripped up or to be made to stumble or enticed to sins, even another uh, uh, definition of that. But the bottom line, it means a trap, something set, a trap set, all right? So when we get, you know, hurt and there's something done to us to the point that now we're offended, we refuse to let it go, we refuse to forgive, all that's happened is you've stepped into a trap. Now, remember this whole series is about the simplicity that's in Christ and how the enemy comes in to manipulate and deceive to get you off of that simplicity, uh, off that simple thing. And this is one of those principles. The enemy comes in, manipulates, deceives, gets, all, gets you caught up with uh, deceptive reasoning and hair splitting. Next thing you know, you're caught up in it. And now, uh, especially in this principle, what you find out, not only does he get you off the road, you've literally put yourself, uh, you know, you've, you've uh, put yourself in bondage. You've put yourself, you've shackled yourself down, okay, based on a choice and a decision to not let something go. Now, granted, you were deceived and manipulated. And granted, I'm going to say it again, something was maybe done wrong to you. But to hold it and to not let it go is only doing yourself a disservice. Oh, child of God, I hope you're hearing this. You know, years ago, um, I learned this kind of maybe, um, maybe the hard way, but yet in the sense, I, it was a good lesson learned. And if you've probably listened to me any time, you've probably heard me touch on this. Uh, you know, any time I ever touch on these kind of things about forgiveness and that kind of thing, uh, I'm going to bring this up uh, because it was a lesson I learned early on. Uh, years ago, I was fighting a physical problem with my teeth, and uh, it was just it was kind of ongoing. And I'd pray and believe God and maybe get a little relief here and there, but uh, this one particular time, it just seemed like it wasn't going away. And I began to talk to the Lord about it. I had this conversation with him about this thing. And I was very open and honest with him about it. And I just says, you know, I pray about a lot of other things and other physical problems that I've had over the years. And usually I get instant re results and, and uh, because, you know, your word's true and the promises are true and uh, stand by faith and believe. But for some reason, I'm not getting it here and I don't know what the deal is. Well, the Spirit of God came up in my heart and he said this. He said, you have ought in your heart. Now, what that means, you have unforgiveness. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself when he said that, I'm thinking I, I couldn't really think of anybody 
that I had, you know, had unforgiveness for. I just, I, at that time, I just, I just couldn't, couldn't really relate to the statement. I didn't know what he was talking about. And so I kind of just was open and honest with him. And I says, I don't, I don't even know who you're talking about. Well, he just started listing names. I mean names, okay, not just one name. I'm talking several names got listed. And all of them were people in my past. And the majority of them were people before I even come to know Christ. And so all of a sudden I'm, I'm hearing this one and I'm saying, you know, and I'm just kind of, you know, kind of replying back and I'm just saying, yeah, uh, well, yeah, okay, I, I forgive that person. Oh, I, I let that person go and I forgive that one. And then finally he mentioned a name and I'm sure that's what he was getting at. He was kind of building up to that one name and he mentioned the name and just everything, it hit a nerve. And everything in me just says, oh, I don't think so. And, uh, you know, just being honest, okay, I'm being honest with him, I'm being honest with you. You know, at that time, I, I just thought, no. <laughs> okay, well, that individual did wasn't right, and so I just said no. And, uh, and all of a sudden, it was like the hand of God just kind of lifted. And all of a sudden, you know, you're, I'm feeling that, that tooth problem just seemed like it's being magnified, which it, you know, it probably wasn't. It's just the hand of God pulled back. And, it, you know, God ain't going to argue with you. If you don't want to forgive, then that's fine. But you're only hurting yourself. Well, at that moment, I just, I realized what was going on, and I just told him. I just got honest with him, and I just said, listen, what that person did wasn't right. And Spirit of God, uh, again, uh, talking with me, said, you're right. It wasn't right. Well, he shouldn't have done that. Well, no, they shouldn't have done that. Well, it just, it just wasn't fair. And, yeah, it, it wasn't fair. Well, I, I just don't understand why, what's, what, you know, it, it, it just, it just, it just, it, I just shouldn't have to do this. Well, you don't have to do this. And all of a sudden I recognized, you know, it was my choice. And so I just, I just, you know, had that moment, just at one of those uh, epiphany, you know, you just kind of wake up, you know, and you just think, you know, all of a sudden it's like you, you, you just kind of uh, realized what was going on. It's just like a, the lights came on. And all of a sudden I recognized, okay, I got to release this guy. And I did that. I, I, I did. There was something in me at that moment. I just said, all right, I'll release that man. And I knew in my heart that I had done it because it's like if I, I just knew in my heart at that moment if I was to see that guy, see that gentleman again, that uh, I'd be able to look at him different. And so I let him go. And when I did, child of God, I, I, I'm not exaggerating. I'm telling you, immediately I got instant healing in my mouth. Every tooth problem was gone. And I'm telling you, it wasn't some day later, wasn't a week later, wasn't an hour later. An instantaneous healing happened. So what I'm trying to show you is that when you hold unforgiveness, all you're doing is limiting yourself and you're limiting God. All right? God's wanting to move. God was wanting to move on my behalf. All right? But the problem was I had unforgiveness in my heart. And once I release that, all of a sudden, I'm free. I was the one that was being held captive. I was the one in bondage. I was the one that needed the breakthrough. And even though I was praying things and believing right and had my faith engaged and I was, you know, making my de declarations and speaking the promises of God, that unforgiveness muddied up the waters and made it hard for me to receive I, at that point, I couldn't receive until it was brought to my attention. And once I released it, all of a sudden, 
It was like all of a sudden the floodgates kicked open, and now all that I've been praying began to manifest. I want to give you another testimony, and this is one from one of my parishioners that happened just, uh, actually they just told me about it about a week ago, and I thought it was kind of interesting because of this all been stirring in my heart, and, and now all of a sudden uh, uh, somebody comes up and testifies about something. And this individual had been fighting, been, uh, their family had been having uh, vehicle issues, okay? One of the vehicles they had purchased was kind of a lemon, you know, just one issue after another, and it had been going on, and they'd been trying to, you know, get the, the company they bought it from to, uh, to take it back, and it was just a whole bunch of issues, and, and it, just, it just carried on and carried on, and they basically were without a vehicle uh, for quite some time. And I, I know they fought this for well over a year, and it might have even been as much as a two-year period. I'm not sure the exact time frame on that, so I apologize for not having that. But I do know it was quite a length of time. And they were dealing with this. It just seemed like about the time they get something fixed on it again, another thing would be done. And they just were trying to get this thing uh, handled, and it brought so much grief and so much uh, disappointment, so much really anger. And really, bottom line is, okay, now we've got we got issues now, man. I mean, they're, they're they're mad and upset and wondering what you know, thinking maybe God or what, all kinds of thoughts. You know how that stuff hits your head. Well, <clears throat> the Spirit of God began to talk to this individual about another individual that they had unforgiveness toward. Now. I don't even think it had anything to do with the vehicle thing. I don't think it was anybody even involved in the vehicle thing. Okay, All I know is there was an individual that the Spirit of God began to talk to them about, about something in their heart toward that individual. And so, you know, as they pondered that, they realized, okay, I, gotta, I need to get that right. And so they, they released that individual. They you know, forgave that individual, let it go. And they said literally the next day, the whole vehicle situation completely flipped. All of a sudden now everything was made right. They got a different, they were able to get a different vehicle because of it. All the whole thing flipped. I mean, in one day, think this thing they've been dealing with for well over a year, all of a sudden was changed in a day. And the Spirit of God let it be known to that individual that it was because you were willing to walk in forgiveness and showed that individual the power of forgiveness. All right. Now, again, these are just two testimonies of showing you how walking in forgiveness today can set your future. Amen. Can open up the doors for your future, can set you free. Amen. There may be things you're believing for, things you're standing on, and I want you to know that no matter what you're dealing with, I'm telling you, praise God, it pays to forgive. You know, the scriptures uh, bring out, uh, you know, the importance of blessing those that, you know, spitefully use you and, and, you know, praying for those, you know, that have abused you somehow or another and doing good to those that have done you wrong. And Jesus brings that out. And you think, well, why is he, you know, are we supposed to just be a punching bag? Are we just supposed to take abuse? No, what he's trying to do is get you free because people have done you wrong. People have done things and said things, and people maybe have manipulated or, or deceived or somehow, uh, you, know, uh, you know, said things, done things that should never have been done or said. It happens. Jesus said the opportunity for offenses are everywhere, but you just have to purpose not to go there. And I just want to say this as I close. 
You know, James 4 brings out life is but a vapor. You know, it just, it just isn't worth it to sit and hold odd in your heart, to hold unforgiveness in your heart. It just isn't worth it. There, there's so many things. You have a life to live. You have a future that's ahead of you. Don't let the devil get you locked down based on a choice of unforgiveness, based on a choice of just being offended or having ought in your heart about somebody. It isn't worth it. It's better to let it go, let them go, so you can walk free and free indeed. Child of God, I hope you got something today. I'm so glad you had an ear to hear. I'm just grateful that you gave me the privilege to speak this principle into your life today. Hallelujah. Father, I give praise and glory for this people. Lord, I do believe they had an ear to hear and a heart to receive today. Lord God, forgive us for the times that maybe we've held on uh, to, to ought and held on to things that have been done to us. Father, we choose to release those individuals. We choose to release that, let go of it, and move forward in you. So, Father, I give you praise and glory for a people who are free, free indeed. Hallelujah. And I give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Child of God, I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Word of Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.